Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Sterling Dam rendition of Illini Stool Sports. I'm Jesse Miller. I know that I just came up with that name on the spot for this app. I'll probably have to change that because there's already Illinois Barstool, but I had to come up with something. I just put that down. Anyway, since I made the first episode of this podcast on this free app, Illinois has not lost since I did it. So I figured I would make another one. Why not? It's free. Who gives a shit? Um, Now, the first one, I detailed uh, the state of the men's basketball program, where it was, where it is, or where it will be, right? And listen, I just want to point out, I think the biggest takeaway that we need to, that I need to point out anyway, is the fact that I've been dead right in my analysis of this entire rebuild since it started. And I'm talking year one. Everything that I've said on Twitter and everything that I said on Twitter last year and this year has played out exactly like, pretty much like I thought it would. We're turning the corner right on schedule. We are turning the absolute corner we need to turn if we're gonna be a good program and we're gonna have sustained success uh, as a basketball program. And and, And the culture is going to be one that allows us to play consistently with teams like Michigan, Ohio State, and the uh, and Michigan State, the upper echelon teams of this conference. And if we're not right on schedule, we're just a skosh ahead of schedule. All right. So since I made the first one, like I said, the team hasn't lost since. They they had a three game home stand where they played Nebraska, Michigan State, and Rutgers, and that is probably as important a homestand as we have had uh, at Illinois and since I can remember. It was really important to play well, not only for the team, the culture, the fan base, and all that, and we definitely checked every single one of those boxes. And I just want to point out, before I get into that, that the, the state of the program and where the culture is and the trajectory trajectory of this program is as good as it's been in over five years, over five years without, without saying right now where this program is and where this culture is and where the, uh, you know, exposure is, is better than it's been in at least five years. So let me, what I want to do is I'm just going to get, I'm not going to break down, you know, the, the game analysis of all of these games. I'm just going to give a quick overview of what happened, what has happened since the last time that I did one of these. Uh, now, they went 3-0. They're currently sitting at 5-8 in the conference. If you would have told me that they're, they, they're going to have an opportunity to finish above 500 in conference play, if you would have told me that, I, that would have even surprised me. That is exceeding my expectations a little bit before the conference season started, especially considering uh, that we came into January already 0-2. Now we're sitting at 5-8 and eight with a chance. We're going to have to win some road games, some true road games. But if we can do that, we have a chance to finish 500 at, or over 500. It won't be easy, uh, but there's definitely some uh, winnable games at home and, and a couple winnable games on the road. We'll see how it plays out. But it all started with this homestand, right? You had to play well. The Nebraska game was huge. The pressure that... You have to understand that you have to have a mentally tough team facing the pressure that this young team has faced 
with not a lot of success, you know, and all the pressure that was coming with this homestand, first of all, this Nebraska game, tons of pressure on this game. You have to be mentally tough. That's a credit to the coaches for having this team stay stay strong and bought in despite everything that everybody has said and 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 the fact that they had hadn't had a lot of success right so if they would have went into to this Nebraska game and lost it, it like the sky would have been falling like there was a lot of pressure on this team to win this game that makes Nebraska better probably than they than they are right they lost the Copeland dude, whatever. He was a big contributor for them. Didn't matter. They still have Palmer. They still have Roby. You have a young Illinois team. Isaiah Roby is in some mock drafts. Uh, the dude, he's from Dixon. That was a miss by the Gross staff. You know, uh, they have Glenn Watson. Speaking of misses by the Gross staff, they have Glenn Watson. Notorious Illinois killer. His brother went here or whatever. And, uh, you know, he always has, you know, he always has a little bit of extra motivation to play uh, the Illini. So that game was never going to be easy. And the fact that they controlled that game from beginning to end says a lot about uh, about where the team is heading. Uh, Like you felt good about the homestand with that Nebraska game. They needed to win that game to have momentum to go into uh, the Michigan State game. They could not lose that game and go into Michigan State. Uh, and feeling good about it. For a young team, that would have been a lot to overcome. But you were able to control that Nebraska game from beginning to end. And it was a little, the final score was a little closer than it should have been because of the anomaly missed free throws. That was a fluke. Two games prior to that, they went 20 for 22 in Madison Square Garden. So let's let's keep everything in perspective there. They win Nebraska. Should have probably been a double-digit win. It was a seven-point win, whatever. The point is, they were able to get through that game. They didn't overlook that game. And now it's time to take on the emotional game that was Michigan State. You knew that young team was going to get up for that. Michigan State was coming in off of a loss. So they were hungry to get a win. That was a dangerous team that came into Champaign. And like three things happened there that you love to see. This is where if you weren't bought in to the culture change in the corner turn after the Maryland game, like if you thought that was a one-off or something, that win against Michigan State should have made you, you know, that should have, that should have helped you realize exactly where this program is headed. Okay. So they, the biggest thing they they threw the first punch, right. And they established their identity first against the, against that top 10 team, right. They had a nine point lead at the half. They controlled the first half. They probably, it probably should have been a bigger lead than it was. Michigan state kind of hung around a little bit. I wasn't surprised. That went probably according to script of what I thought it would, what I thought it would, right? And I, you knew that Michigan State was going to come out and and make a run in the second half. Um, Cassius, they have the probably at the time they probably had the favorite for the Big Ten Player of the Year. You know that they're they're the class of the of the conference, and they have been. They have a Hall of Fame coach. You knew they were going to make a run, right? And they did. They made that run. But how Illinois? How that young team was able to respond, and uh, and and not only didn't they, they they were mentally tough enough, which is a credit to the coaches. I absolutely 100% they were mentally tough enough to withstand that run. Michigan State actually took the lead at the beginning of the season. They wouldn't have won that game. That's how you know you're seeing growth. They were able to not only not wilt in that situation, but they came back and won the game. And you saw a freshman step up at the end of that game and win that game for his team right? That win 
was as impressive a win just on the sheer fact of the way that they won it. Not necessarily that they beat a top 10 team, just the way that they were mentally strong enough to win that game is huge, right? So now you turn the page from that one, a huge emotional win. They stormed the court, all that stuff, huge win. Uh, And then you have to face a Rutgers team who doesn't have, you know, as far as like the national, you know, prestige, that they should. That is go- that was always going to be a tough game to win because Rutgers is pretty good. They have a lot of guys that can put the ball in the basket. They have a lot of athletes, and they've beaten some teams this year. That is not a typical Rutgers team that it has been the last couple of years. They're probably going to finish in the upper, you know, in the top half of the Big Ten next year. All right. And that was a team coming in there, emotionally driven. Their coach's mother died that day, that morning. So that was always going to be a tough game to win. Illinois, that was that also says a lot about their mental toughness. The fact that they were able to come off of the Michigan State game, basically, basically have the lead in that game all the way until the end of the game, lose the lead, have the game tied and go into overtime, fall down by four points, and then have, you know, the plums to not only not quit, come back, and win that game going away. Georgie, 35 points. from That was the, the, the most impressive performance that I've seen a lot. I have probably since Brandon Paul's 43. And that was a great game. And if that doesn't make you excited for the future of this program, the fact that Georgie, who is the Big Ten player, player of the week, not freshman of the week. You got the Big Ten player of the week and the Big Ten freshman of the week, Io and Georgie. Georgie Player of the Week, Io is the Freshman of the Week. If that doesn't make you excited for the trajectory of this program, I don't know what will, right? That was as big a win as the Michigan State game. All three of those games were, were, were good wins, all right? So you establish that your two best players are probably freshmen. And I think one thing that gets buried and overlooked in a lot of this is a guy that is playing as well as he's played since he's been here, which says a lot, and is probably right now the third option possibly on this team, Trent Frazier is a sophomore. The future of this team is is bright, and I think they're going to add, listen, with the freshman class that's coming in, right, you have Kofi Cockburn, that's a five-star big East Coast guy, possible McDonald's All-American. And the shots that Rutgers was making, all they were doing is going one-on-one and getting into the lane and scoring. That is not going to be as easy next year with Kofi Cockburn in the paint, right? If, if he is the guy that we want him to be. And again, you know, I caution against having too many expectations, but he is going to be a difference maker for this team, for this team, right? There's going to be so much front court depth next year. That's just another part of the whole, the, another part of the puzzle. You have, you have freshmen who are coming in the, to their own. They're establishing their roles. I'm going to pump the brakes on Tevin a little bit. I, th- I still think he has the biggest upside out of any, any of these guys, but I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. He's going to have his ups and downs. You know, you saw, you're going to see flashes from him the rest of the way. Like you've seen the, the past couple of games, he's developing with his coaching staff like you would like to see. Alan Griffin, he's another piece of the puzzle. He's going to get, hopefully, he builds from here. He has some good moments that he could, and he builds some momentum going into next year because he's going to be a big piece of what 
this future looks like. And, you know, I think they're going to add a couple more guys. I think there are some wing recruits that are going to want to play and be a part of this because they're seeing what's going on here, whether it's the, the, the Christian Brown kid that plays with Kofi Cockburn or whether it's Terrence Shannon. We're going to add a playmaking, difference-making wing player before next season. I have a feeling. So, so all that being said, the program is probably in a good a place as it's been in a long, long, long time, at least five years in my opinion, right? Even though the win-loss record is 9-15, I understand that. Don't look at that. That is completely irrelevant from right now. Don't start looking at the win-loss record until next year. Besides the fact that they played like the second hardest schedule in the country too. Let's not overlook that for a young team that had to learn the system and learn how to play with each other and it was brand new. You know, the fact that they're turning the corner now is 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 awesome. I knew it was going to happen. Um, so so yeah, let's uh, and, and let's not overlook the fact before I before I end this, right? Let's not. Let's not overlook the fact that the culture that's being built right now, that is my favorite word, obviously, on this podcast. Between that, progression, and, and uh, buy-in, I don't know, there's a couple of them, but, but the culture that's being built is as important as any win we're going to have because we have guys that care. We have guys that want to win. Georgie and Io, however long they're here, right, when recruits come in, they're already going to have an identity established and they're going to be able to pass that on and they're going to have that want to win. They're, they're, we saw what happened during the gross regime when you had a bad culture, right? It just wasn't a winning culture. It was a losing culture. We're building the winning culture and that's going to be as important moving forward because, because we're just going to be able to build, right? And now I think we're seeing we're going to have a talent level where moving forward, let's say, for example, you know, we're going to have Georgie next year, you know, and we're going to have Trent, you know, and, and Kipper is a guy that has stepped up. He could have quit on his team. He didn't. And he's going to contribute down the stretch. That is a good player to have as your eighth or ninth guy off the bench. Uh, that is a great role for him. That is a perfect role for him. And we're seeing him be the guy that he probably should be on a pretty decent team. Um Timely buckets, solid defense, you know, rebounds, dirty work. That's that should be Kipper's role. I love it. I love I love the way that he is playing and I love the role that he is he is into right now. But we're gonna see moving forward. Let's say we lose a guy like Io to the draft, right? That's that's as good. I mean, that's a win-win. If you have freshmen that come in here and are one and dones, that's gonna attract other great players to come to this program. So if Io leaves. Now we're just going to be able to replace him because we're going to be looking for that one piece instead of having to build, you know, instead of having to add, you know, this, this, and this, we're going to be able to identify exactly what we need. And we're going to have talent at the other positions. It's going to be able to attract that missing piece that we want. So, um, you know, uh, that's basically it. That is, that is basically where we're at right now. I had to make this other one. We haven't lost since the first one. Thursday at Ohio State at Columbus. That game is going to be tough to win. Ohio State beat Indiana at Indiana. Indiana is not, but Indiana beat Michigan State at Michigan State. It's tough to, it's tough to call really what's going on in the Big Ten this year. A lot, you could win, you know, teams, a lot of teams could beat a lot of teams. Um, it's tough to win on the road. Ohio State beat Indiana at Indiana. Indiana hasn't been playing as well um, 
And it's funny because a lot of people were, were, were pining for Archie Miller and the job that he was doing with the Indiana rebuild. And it looks like the Illinois rebuild is flying by that one, which is good to see. Uh, same could probably be said for, for Ohio State before that Indiana win. So I feel like the first game, that, the first time that we played Ohio State, it was at uh, the United Center. That was a horrible idea. We gave up a Big Ten home game to play it on a neutral floor, even though Chicago would love, when we're good, Chicago is a home court advantage, it, but we weren't there yet, right? I think if we played that game again today, I think we win that game. I think we have a better chance to win in Columbus than we did at the United Center. That is the, that is, and that is all credit to the rebuild. We just needed to have a little patience. Um, it's going to take, you know, Ohio State coming off that win. They got momentum. They're going to want to win that game. It's going to be tough to win. But we'll see what happens. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they respond with a little bit of success. They've won four or five, two top 10 teams. I'm excited to see how they respond and take it on the road and win it uh, on a true road game and see if they can win that game. If they win that game, then we can start talking about, you know, possible, you know, the possibilities of a postseason, you know, birth from there. I personally feel like the NIT is not out of reach right now. And I personally feel like they can make a run in the Big Ten tournament. There's not one team on a neutral floor that they probably can't play with in the conference right now. That's except for maybe I don't like the Iowa matchup just because of the the volume shooting that they have, right? They can, they, they, I, I hate to play teams like that in one and done scenarios because if that team gets hot, it doesn't even matter. And that's exactly what happened. They were making contested threes when we played them in Iowa City. You know, they made a lot of threes. They hit some open shots, but they hit a lot of contested threes too. And when a team like that gets hot, I hate to play them in a one and done scenario. I don't want to see Iowa, but other than that, I probably wouldn't want to see Michigan either. They have a lot of playmakers. Wisconsin's always a tough game for us. As long as Ethan Happ is there, you know, that's going to be a tough game. But on a neutral floor, we, I, I, you know, I don't think that this Illinois team can't beat anyone. Uh, there are obviously teams that you would rather play in that situation. But I'll be excited if they get that, if they get that first bye and they don't play that first game. I'll be excited to see what they can do three games in three days. I, I will have hope that they can win. You know what I mean? I will be excited. Like, I'm not expecting them to win, but I will be excited for the for the chance of Illinois being able to go to the tournament with games that I feel like if every if things go well that we can win. If that makes sense, I'll be I'm I'm already looking forward to it. So I'll probably make I'll probably make like one of these a week. So until then, hang in there. I have another update on the progress of the rebuild. Until then, stay there, stay tuned, let out.